This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Out of the Blue from the Block M Podcast Network, part of the Fan First Sports Network, a podcast that will warm your plums, soothe your soul, and rattle your fillings. I am Jared Stormer of the Block M Podcast Network. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. Andy is a stoic and impenetrable obelisk that will be joining in a second as we bring on Michael Smeltzer and Matt Hartwell. All right, we are privileged, nay honored, to welcome in of the Big House Bleachers podcast, Matt Hartwell and Michael Smeltzer. The handsome level on this podcast just doubled. Their podcast, much like ours, has been proven to prevent gout and herpes complex C. So this is a great podcast. If you're not listening to it, you need to. We've got them for a home and home. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having us. I got to admit, um, you know, we're, we're having a little friendly competition today. So Matt and I were talking about coming into your house and raiding the pantry, kicking our feet up on the couch and really taking advantage of the situation. Then we remembered we might be having you guys on our po- podcast. So we're going to be on our best behavior here. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Uh, incredibly honored to be here on uh, Out of the Blue. Frequent listeners, both of us are. And uh, obviously, We've had both of you guys on the show before, so incredibly honored to partake in this challenge with both of you gentlemen. Outstanding. Uh, Yeah, when we come into your house, we're not going to be that polite. We're going to be like Rick James in the Chappelle skit. Just F your couch, <laughs> just muddy, muddy feet and all. But no, no, we appreciate you guys taking the time for this one. We're in the dead period. You know, there's just not much going on. So you got to dig a little bit deeper, find some fun stuff to do. So, and I am really excited about what we're going to do tonight. We're going to draft up the best individual performances of the last decade. We decided to cut it off as a decade uh, at a decade because you start going back into the 80s and, and 73 season. I just don't know that anyone's going to be able to ride with my boy 
boy Andy over there on what happened in the 74, 75 range. So we wanted to keep things fair. Uh, but also, let's warm up a little bit. You guys up for some uh, hot take superlatives coming at you? We'll go rapid fire. You can answer in whatever order you want. Ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. I, I love this. We didn't prep them at all for this. Let's see how much they are on their game. All right, this one is coming to you, Matt. Who is the first Wolverine off the board in the 2024 NFL draft? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they ain't ready. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got to go with... I'm probably going to go with my boy Donovan, man. I think he's uh, he's up for a big season. The NFL loves their weapons in today's day and age. So if you're putting me on the spot without me thinking too much about it, I think Donovan's going to uh, rise up some boards this season, and we'll see him getting taken pretty high. That's what about you, Michael? Awesome. I like that. Yeah, Michael. JJ. All, JJ all day. I, I The quarterback position – goes high. JJ's going to break the record. We, we've already established that on your show previously. JJ, I think I said he's going for 37 passing touchdowns. So if he does that, he'll be the first Wolverine off the board. I, I like I, it. I love these takes right now. There's a lot of names in there. I'd love to like, talk about like Chris Jenkins, like the, the junior Colson possibilities. We saw linebackers going high with the Lions recently. All right, next uh, superlative. We're going to go to you first, uh, Michael, this time. Uh, where would Kyle Kalis be on the depth chart for the 2023 team? Uh, <laughs> third, seventh. I, I, third through seventh. <laughs> seventh string or seventh <laughs> offensive lineman? Uh, let's go ahead and say uh, somewhere somewhere in the thick of the the third. Third string. <laughs> I think we yeah. broke him. <laughs> you got you guys just like just launched me into obscurity there for a moment. You guys started talking like Who my neck started this? twitching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh that's probably the right answer there. All right. Who are the top three guests on your podcast wish list? Matt, we can start with you on that one. All right, let's see. I'm gonna go with uh let's see. Jared at two and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's smart. That's wise. I would, uh, I'd love to have Taylor Lewan on the pod. Let's see. What, what are we doing? Top. What'd you see? Top three. Top three. Yeah. Top three. Taylor Lewan. I'd love to have him on the uh, big house bleachers podcast. Pick his brain about some things. Uh, second, let's go with Hassan Haskins. The man himself. One of my personal favorites. And uh, number one, I got to go Woodson. I'm going yeah. Woodson at one. But uh, those would probably be my top three that I'd love to uh, pick their brain as a guest on a podcast. Nice. Michael, anybody different for you on that list? I mean, mine are, are, are fairly predictable. But I, I think you have to go with the GOAT, Charles Woodson. My mind immediately went to the great job that you guys did with Desmond Howard. And so to balance Thank that you. out, I think Woodson would be fantastic. But, you know, for me, because it was my coming of age years, I think Mike Hart and Braylon Edwards always stand out to me. So, so having either one of those guys would be fantastic as well. 
Th th those are tremendous. One, like I really want to talk to, who I think is very interesting. He's obviously more like relevant now in the present is Sharon Moore. I just want to talk to Sharon Moore about like the changes from Gaddis to where he is now, like how he got his footing at Oklahoma, like blocking for Adrian Peterson. Just like, I feel like that guy's got a lot of good stories and he just seems like, seems like a dude, you know, you just kind of hang out with him. All right. Uh, another superlative coming at you guys. Michael, we'll start with you this time. Who's more attractive in their prime, Robert De Niro or Al Pacino? Ooh, De Niro, you know, the squinty eyes really kind of makes me weak in the knees. So I, I, I think <laughs> I got to go with De Niro. Tremendous answer. Matt, your rebuttal. I would have, I would have actually, uh, I would have actually picked De Niro as well. Immediately when he said that, I was thinking, uh, meet the Fockers type deal. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're taking old uh, De Niro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, that's the perfect squinty eye right there with old De Niro. <laughs> I have absolutely no response. That is the perfect answer. There's no real wrong answer here, but we did find the right answer. It was it was going off board and picking old De Niro. Oh, man, that is tremendous there. Um, all right, here we go. This is for both of you. Would you rather fight three Michael Barretts, but they're only three feet tall, or one Terrace Reed? <laughs> man, I would rather crazy. not fight Mike Barrett at all. So whatever isn't involving... Uh, Facing any part of Mike Barrett is what I'm picking. I mean, let's be real here. Little people are terrifying. So if you surround <laughs> me with three little Mike Barretts, I'm going to lose my mind. You know, give me Terrace Reed all day. One, I can keep an eye on him. He's big. I'm not going to lose him. Keep. I mean, yes, I'm, I will likely get knocked out, but at least I'll see it coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> Little people are terrifying is going to be the title of this podcast. <laughs> we're going to have some, we're going to have some groups emailing us some concerned, <laughs> some concerned groups. Oh goodness. All right. Bringing it back a little bit here. Last superlative, Michael, we'll start with you. You can only have one quarterback for the future, Jaden Davis or Bryce Underwood. I'm going to have to go with Jaden Davis because he has already shown his commitment to the way that Michigan goes about their business, uh, Bryce Underwood, there's still some question marks. And so I think I got to go with the guy that chose Michigan um, already. I'm going to also go uh, Jaden Davis just because uh, I don't like the, the gap in between uh, not having a star caliber quarterback in between JJ and Bryce Underwood. So I'm going to go with Jaden just to avoid the gap. Although I think we've got some studs at, at backup this year that are poised to take the reins next year if JJ moves on. But I'd rather have uh, Jaden on campus and ready to be developed uh, next year uh, during the season and uh, miss on Bryce. No, it's very reminiscent when you talk about the commitment of Jaden Davis to JJ McCarthy. Like, I mean, you never, all of us remember the relax, it's fine, I'm still coming, because that was one of our biggest fears in 2020 was we're going to lose all these recruits we have. Like, we have some studs coming and we don't want to lose them. So, no, I echo the same sentiment. Like, we're keeping the guy that chose Michigan early, and now he's done so much recruiting outside of that. So, if you choose Bryce Underwood, are you also losing all the guys Jaden Davis is helping bring into Ann Arbor? So, I think it's more than just a one-to-one -one pick because he's bringing, like, a whole tribe with him in for the next group of uh, Michigan athletes. 
Yeah, I agree. It also reminds me of that Family Guy skit where, like, what would you like, this boat or the mystery box? And he's like, well, what's in the mystery <laughs> box? It could be a boat. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> We already got a quarterback committed. Um, I would certainly love to get Bryce Underwood as well. What a tremendous problem to have. That would be trying to figure out touches for both those guys. But I agree, having a guy already committed and his impact on the recruiting trail. Well done, guys. I know we kind of caught you off guard with uh, the hot fire or the rapid fire superlatives, but you uh, acquitted yourselves admirably. An ambush. (laughs) It was an ambush. (laughs) Absolutely. Now they're going to forget their draft order. They're going to lose their notes, spilling coffee all over their meticulous notes. Um, All right. So let's talk about this draft that we're going to do here tonight. We wanted to go back 10 years. As I mentioned, really the only other rule is you can't go back to back position groups. We added a wild card group. We're going to draft up two uh, QB performances each, two running back performances each, uh, two wide receiver or tight end performances each, uh, two D-line, two back seven, and then the wild card, one wild card there. So uh, we just made it D-line instead of uh, front seven because we didn't want to be able to include uh, linebackers in both. That seemed a little weird. So linebackers will be included in the back seven. Um, anything not clear about this completely arbitrary random thing that we just made up out of nowhere? Nope. I think we've uh, we've got it. Okay. We're good Would to go. Want- I've got some obscure movie references ready for you guys because I know how much you love those. So we're ready to go. Hell Let's yeah. go. Pepper them in there. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> um, would you like the first pick or would you like to flip for it? We'd like to offer what it. What kind you. of a question is that? Of, of course we would like the first pick, but I, I feel like I don't want to mess our karma up. So I, I think it's I think we should probably flip for it, don't you, Matt? Yeah, if, uh, if fighting off the death is off the table, then uh, let's flip for it. I got Mike Barrett's in the back ready to fight. <laughs> Three of them. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to do it on my phone. I do not have a coin with me because it's the year 2023. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. Call it in air, gentlemen. Heads. Tails. All right, we're going to flip again because you just heard my phone. <laughs> And you got it wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. As I was saying it, I'm like, shit, it said heads. <laughs> Not off to a great start, but I love it. All right. Call it now and I'll flip it. Heads. It's tails this time. <laughs> this is rigged. Shenanigans. I'm out of here. How am I going to rig this? I'm not going to rig Siri. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, that kind of threw us off. We were expecting to go second here. Uh, allow me to converse with my with my esteemed colleague here. Uh, you guys do have a chat available to you in offline chat if you need to uh, to debate your, your draft strategy here. We always thought um, it'd be fun if like each person had to draft like completely in a silo without the other person interacting with them. So it's like you could just completely screw them up. If, like, Charades go, oh. is allowed. <laughs> <laughs> have to start acting out the plays. Like, is that Hassan Haskins? I can't tell. Um, so what do you think here? Yeah, I think we got to do it. Um, I'll go ahead and make this first pick. We were not expecting to pick first. We assume this would probably be the first one off the board if you did. Sorry to do it to you, Matt. We're going to take Hassan Haskins 2021 five touchdown game. It's against Ohio State. It was the game that really changed just fundamentally the rivalry for the modern age. Modern age being the last two years, only two years I care about, really. Um <laughs> Haskins, just a beloved figure. He should never have to buy a beverage in Ann Arbor or really just in Michigan or Toledo 
ever again. So I feel good about getting this at the at the first pick, but it does open us up for some chicanery with you having the back to backs. Very jealous of the Hassan Haskins pick. Uh, Mike and I had a lot of discussion about taking that one uh, up there. So damn you. <laughs> well, like, we, we had a lot of discussions as well. And there's, I mean, certainly tons of historic performances in the last 10 years. But really what weighed this and made it number one for us was just the importance of it. Like going against Ohio State means more than going against Indiana. And it's like what it meant in the moment, like especially like, I know I was there. Were you both there? I know you were, Matt, right? Yes, I was. Like being there, it's like you kind of come away with a certain kind of reverence for it and what it was and the, just the seismic shift it caused in the rivalry. And it's like the five touchdowns is going to live forever. Yeah. And uh, as far as an athletically pleasing game to go back and rewatch, like you get a <laughs> hurdle in there, you get some dominant truck stick running tremendous to watch but uh all right gentlemen it is to you whoever wants to make your first pick uh the floor is yours matt i think we know which two we're gonna get here uh which one would you like to announce well i think uh at number one for us we're going to go on the other hand the exact same game but different end of the spectrum the defensive side of the spectrum to be specific uh our boy aiden hutchinson incredible performance by him on that day as well just a menace uh in the face of cj stroud all day long uh three sacks three tfls so who else but aiden hutchinson that's our number one pick uh outstanding performance really you can't if you guys are going hassan number one we got to go aiden as our number one and you guys mentioned uh, j just the beauty and the monumental shift to the snow was coming down. I mean, it was just such a special game for Michigan football. I, you know, I could almost spend the first 30 minutes of this draft just picking players from that game and then the 20, 2022 Ohio State game just because of how big they were. And so um, it's funny, you know, you guys mentioned that Hassan Haskins was kind of that dude at that game. To me, I always think first of Hutch just because he broke the sack record. He had the three sacks. He had the those images of him, you know, celebrating with the face paint after the game. I mean, to me, he just kind of epitomizes what the shift in Michigan football was. So I'm happy to have him. Uh, sad we didn't get Hassan. But happy to have Hutch. No, it's it's you're completely right. Like on the defensive side of the ball, that is what matters in that game. And I mean, how I mean, I think once a day, maybe it's just because I'm a weird psycho. I think like Aiden Hutchinson, this kid's unreal. Like I just hear it all the time in my head <laughs> from Gus Johnson's call of the game. Yeah, I think the only reason we went uh, Haskins over Hutch is he accounted for 30 points himself, and uh, that's a large number of points for one individual person to get. I to think of it as the Hutchinson game though but that's just more from like a nostalgia standpoint because like you mentioned Michael like the snow coming down and the celebrations and him just playing like a, an, a lion that was let off of its chain like yeah it was tremendous really there's no wrong answer those are both uh great performances there um all right so it is to us Andy it is your pick I do not care which of these ones that we're talking about here in the chat that you want to go with those are all great options for me don't we get back to back in the snake snake draft format do, no do screw you guys it? no you're right <laughs> you're, you're right I'm wrong I thought you did too 
These guys are they're rigging the coin flip. They're stealing the snake draft. I don't know. I don't know which way is up right now, but I'll, I'll get this pick in. If you guys want to talk about a stat line, an impressive stat line, it may have happened deep in the thick of the the down years of Michigan football. But if you're going to talk about individual performances, you have got to talk about Jeremy Gallon at Indiana. 14 receptions, 369 yards and two touchdowns. You heard that right, 369 yards. And let me just add, when we were doing this research, I realized Michigan regularly treats Indiana like Terrence Howard treats women in the movie Hustle and Flow. I mean, just straight, straight disrespecting them year after year. <laughs> what a tremendous pull. That was not. Not the poll I thought we'd get. Michael, you Strong. were on your game today, sir. I respect it. And no, like Jared and I were talking uh, when we were doing our prep for this and watching this game, how much fun it was. I mean, just honestly, just watching the offense, just kind of skip forward past the defensive sections of this game. But this game was a delight to watch. And you just forget Jeremy Gallon is doing more with five feet, eight inches as most men do with 10 feet. So it was such an impressive game to watch. Yeah, that game was a ton of fun, and you may have sniped one from us because we had that one high on our list as well. How can you not, man? It, it stands apart when you're scrolling through all these wide receiver performances. Um, all right, now it is to us. Uh, Andy, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay, you, you really had a nice lead in there talking about Gallon's absurd stat line, and I'm going to just read through a stat line before I even draft the player. Uh, 15 tackles, 12 solo, 8 tackles for loss, 2 sacks, and one forced fumble in one game. The eight TFL set a national record. The 12 solo tackles were the most by a UM player since 06, and the 15 total were the most since 2009. I'm going from another game I was at. I'm going with Kalik Hudson, 2017 against Minnesota. I love this pick. Strong pick. This pick. Yeah, that you want to talk about standing above some of its peers. That's why I think that this is a good one here. There's a drop-off here. And when we're drafting, we like to look for the drop-offs. Uh, do you remember that game, both of you lads? Uh, I don't what year uh, what year was that? 2017. That was 2017. Yeah, yeah Kalik was Hudson was is just one of my favorite all-time Michigan players. I loved uh I loved the way he announced that he was coming back. I loved uh, the, the energy and effort and commitment he showed on a week-by-week -week basis. I got to be honest with you. I didn't remember that specific stat line because if I would have, you can, you can, you know, bet your butt <laughs> me and Matt would have, uh, would have grabbed that. So I got to hand it to you guys for pulling that one out. That is an excellent pick. It was, that game was so weird. I remember being there, uh, it was early November and it had rained for like two hours and they moved us all into Chrysler. So we had to wait in Chrysler for a few hours. And that was also the same game that we had 200 yard rushers. I mean, Chris Evans went for a buck something. I think Karan went for 200 even in that game and just really boat raced PJ Fleck. And that was a fun one to be at. Yes, Jared, for the next pick. Yeah, um, was going to go a different direction here, but uh, I'm all about making things uncomfortable. You walk into our house, I immediately take off my shirt and I, <laughs> I, I assert my dominance inside my home. Just be like, yeah, you guys want to come in? Take your shirt off. Join me if you want. I'm going to take my shirt off by taking Donovan Edwards, 2023, going to double down on the running backs and get a strong, strong positioning here. 
uh, to have the best two running back performances. So Donovan Edwards last year coming in uh, injured, Donnie one hands there, whatever they were calling him on that broadcast, 22 carries for 216 yards, two touchdowns, absolutely shuts the door later on in this game, did it with one hand, uh, did it with no Blake Corum. So it was all Donovan Edwards. This was an incredible performance and another guy that shouldn't have to buy a beer in Ann Arbor. And he's got another year coming back to, to add to the legacy. Yeah, there were a few a few performances when you guys gave us the premise of this of this little exercise we're doing here. There's a few performances that every Michigan fan in the world knows is coming off the board. And this yeah. is one of them, right? Like one handed Donovan. I, it just it br- breaking, literally breaking the backs of, of the Buckeyes in that in that second half. A spectacular performance. Yeah, obviously. And, uh, you know, we, uh, me and Mike were talking, you know, like the bigness of the moment, we didn't want to totally overshadow our picks, you know, because obviously if we're doing that, then like all you have to choose from are the last couple of years. Uh, But still, you know, you just can't deny uh, the epicness of of those games by uh, Donovan Edwards and and Hassan Haskins uh, just breaking loose and and getting close to 200 yards rushing and north of uh, 200 baby 260 north of 200 for Donovan and and several touchdowns you know so who can deny the greatness of those those plays exactly Only it's such a fun balance it's such a fun balance here because we could have done a whole draft like we've talked about like the rival draft we could have done the last two years there's also just like a shit on indiana draft we could have done with a lot of these players and there's going to be some more of that coming so yeah balancing the two is bit was a lot of fun going back and breaking them down but man when donovan broke that first run like it felt like my soul left my body like jared and i were together in toledo and i watched jared go through at least three or four spiritual experiences in his life and they were all in this afternoon and that moment, man, when he broke the first one, and then the second one, it's like, we're, we're going to do it. Like, we're, we're just going to win. Like it just, it still like hits me every time I rewatch the game. So much fun. Uh, let's take a quick break, boys. When we come back, you will be up with your back-to-backs. Be back right after this. Support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Breaking news, people. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpets by going to manscaped.com and using the code MNB20 for 20% off and free shipping. Look, I'm a man that knows the importance of a beard. The beard ties the face together like a good rug ties a room together. It's the unifying bridge between chin and scalp. I've yet to see a man's face made worse with a strong beard in my lifetime. And it's the only facial hair that will never go out of style. It's time to tame your mane because no one likes a weird beard. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. All starts with the beard hedger thing is a beast of fixing faces. First off, the cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus it's waterproof. So you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They've created four dermatologist tested formulations for your post-trim care. 
There's the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse, easier to damage than your hair on your head. That's why this kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replete those natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a beard who's brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap off the kit with the Beard Balm Pomade Shape Style Moisturize Tame Your Sculpted Look. Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code MNB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code MNB20. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 length. Good people listening to Out of the Blue need to take a moment to shout out our sponsors for this podcast, Home Field Apparel. In case you aren't familiar and you've been living in a cave somewhere in southern Utah, they're a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So you don't need to mess around with some of the imposters that are out there, and they don't mess around with their design selection. The Homefield team studies the history, traditions, and legacy of every school, takes that information, they create thoughtful designs that tell a unique story of each university. Homefield has some brand new Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. That's just the facts. From t-shirts to hoodies and crewnecks, they have it all, so you can proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you go so if you want some brand new good looking michigan swag head over to homefieldapparel.com and use the michigan 15 for 15 percent off your order that's not just for one item that's the entire order so stock up while you have this offer again that's 15 percent using the promo code michigan15 at homefieldapparel.com All right, we are back with the lads of the Big House Bleachers podcast. We're drafting up the best individual performances. Give you a little bit of a recap of where we started. They decided to give us the first pick, uh, not really give it to us. They they allowed us to rig the coin flip in order to get the first pick where we took Hassan Haskins with the first overall pick. They followed that up with Aiden Hutchinson's uh, Ohio State three-sack game and the Jeremy Gallon absurd 370-yard performance. And the last picks before the break, we took Donovan Edwards and Kalik Hudson versus Minnesota, the, I believe, still Big Ten tying tackle for loss record if i'm not mistaken i don't think anyone's but it was the national record uh, it was the national gallons, record gallons yeah. is still the big 10 record as well yeah so a lot of records here that we've already touched on still some really good performances on the board and the floor is yours gentlemen who do you want to take mike uh i'm, I'm gonna let you take it just because i don't want to uh to step on your toes or anything you take our first pick here all right i'm over here blacking out because of my options um i've got we've got three that are on our board matt and i'm gonna go ahead and go with the curveball that we discussed right before the show we kind of right at the last minute here we're gonna go ahead and use the wild card position early here i'm gonna go with a guy that uh, showed up like optimus prime and transformers 
five carries, 24 yards, one touchdown, one punt return in the game, a reception, seven tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, and a returned two-point conversion. Of course, I'm talking about Jabril Peppers, 2016 Michigan State. It was just too sexy of a pick for me to not get him on our team. I mean, this guy can do everything. It was a big reason why he was a Heisman contender from the defensive uh, side of the ball. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to use our wild card spot and grab Jabril Peppers. I, I love that. We had a few Jabril performances we ran through, but I, I love that you picked that one because the iconic like sprinter lean across the finish line for the two point conversion, like that game wasn't the beat down we all were all craving, but because of that lean at the end, oh, it felt so good. Just the, just the icing on the cake of that performance. And on a rewatch, you just really see the impact that he made because the same as you guys, we uh, we looked into Jabril. None of his performances necessarily stand out from a pos positional perspective, but just the difference that he had on that on that his performance had on that game uh, at just so many different levels uh, just kind of catapulted him to this pick for us. So can't leave him out. Got to have him in there. Might as well be this wild card pick. Jabril Peppers, 2016 MSU. One thing I've learned, and I know you guys are fellow ball knowers, is like if you box score watch, you're not going to get the impact of games. Like you watch, like Mo Hurst isn't going to have a game that's going to just blow you away, but you can watch him dominate games from the interior. And to have a cross sports reference, Jabril Peppers is really like Steph Curry at times in some of these games with the gravity he attracts. Like he is doing so much and being asked to do so much in a couple different defensive schemes that you only really appreciate it on the second, third watch. It's hard to appreciate everything he is doing from a defensive back standpoint to a defensive line standpoint. It was just, you understand why he was up for the Heisman when you watch the games over and over again. Yeah. And like he'll be on special teams and then he doesn't even really rest. And then he's back out there again on offense. And then you see him coming out and making plays on the defensive side of the ball. So we we were thinking along the same lines of wild card. So I like where your head's at with this one. Uh, you have another pick. Absolutely. And uh, for this pick, we're going to go to the quarterback position. It hasn't been the sexiest position uh, for for Michigan fans that love to salivate over high yardage output uh throwing numbers over the last 10 years but there are a few performances that exist and we've got 2013 Devin Gardner against Indiana uh the one who fed Jeremy Gallon his excellent performance 21 of 29 for 503 yards, two touchdowns, 81 yards rushing for three rushing touchdowns. Probably the best quarterback performance uh, over the last uh, 10 years, in my opinion. Uh, but we're going Devin Gardner as, uh, as our first quarterback pick for that one. I mean, you're completely underselling this. I mean, 584 total yards of offense, still a Michigan record, uh, number one all-time in single-game passing yards. Michigan's offense had 751 yards of offense in a Big Ten game. Like, this, this performance is phenomenal. It was the number one quarterback performance on our board, so great pick. 
that was really good. Uh, this was my number one as well, obviously. Now, there's a case for some of these other ones because that game was against Indiana and it was like ended up being in kind of a meaningless season. But we needed every touchdown in that game. I just went back and rewatched that one. Had a great time because I did not watch anything on the defensive side. There's guys out there like Thomas Gordon making huge plays. I'm like, oh, I forgot he existed. <laughs> but it was fun while it lasted there with some of that 2013 team. My take on Devin Gardner is if he came along during the Jim Harbaugh era, he would have been an absolute star. I really believe that. Like, I think he was just kind of side, like, like he was, uh, what, what's the word that they say? He was like kneecapped by having just really not the best offensive performances or coaches there. So, um, all right, Andy, what do you want to do here? I think that we certainly need to get a quarterback on the board or else they can come in and do something to us here. Uh, so we just go ahead and do our number two quarterback here. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, you want to go ahead and do the number two quarterback? I'll go ahead and prepare some options for our second pick, but I think we know our quarterback. I mean, who other could we pick than this? I mean, we prop this guy up on a pedestal more than any other Michigan podcast on the planet. I would have to say now there is another way we could go with this one. Um, and I'm sure that you guys probably will do that, but we're going to take Jake dad rudock versus indiana once again 33 of 46 for 440 yards 504 total yards of offense six touchdowns all through the air one interception uh that 440 is number two all time in a single game total offense number one in passing touchdowns he was surgical in this game the legend of dad rudock was born here and uh, we will forever honor him and his new balance shoes that he uses to mow his lawn with a push mower <laughs> Love that pick. Yep. We uh, we had that one right there at, at the number two spot for quarterbacks amongst Michigan QBs securely on our board. So you guys stole that one from us. So damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think he might was, be the most me. slept on. He might be the most slept on Michigan. I, I don't know if you could say star, but, you know, player in the, yeah. the, the Harbaugh era because – he actually was was pretty damn good, and and uh, I'm glad you're keeping old man and Rudock alive on your podcast. Well, like, He'll never die. Rewatching this game, it was incredible. I believe he picked up like five third downs too, like and converted them in the first downs with his legs. I think he had like 80 rushing yards in this game, and was just I mean completely controlling it. I mean he had the connection with Chesson, but also Jake Button and him were making moves. It went into overtime. And again, it's the same problem as like you guys have with Devin Gardner against Indiana in 2013. It's like this game, you know, it's a little, it's a little meaningless. It's a little meaningless, but um, no, tremendous nonetheless. Jared and I are big, huge dad Rudot guys. And uh, for the second pick of this game, like we, there's some names here we could go around. We thought about going on defense here. We thought about going a couple different places. But again, man, I think we got to go back into the rivalry well. I think we're going to go to receiver, and I think we're going to take Sir Cornelius Johnson. And again, offer our apologies for the fifth time, at least that like, thank you, sir, for what you did against Ohio State in the 2022 game. His official stat line was uh, four catches for 160 yards, a pair of tutties. And we all just remember the impact, man. I mean, from the first broken tackle for the touchdown or just the the dream shake in open field to leave the safety looking for his jock strap. I mean, just a tremendous performance from a receiver uh, by Cornelius Johnson. Well, you guys yeah, have officially I've... ruined my <laughs> – you guys have officially – Y'all, y'all ruined my uh, Bill Murray and Groundhog Day reference that I had locked and loaded for uh, either Donovan Edwards or Cornelius Johnson in the 2022 Ohio State game. So thank you for that. 
<laughs> that was that's why I do it. That's why I keep coming back pod after pod. And and the thing is here, it's like big game CJ is slowly becoming a thing because like, although there weren't a lot of passes in the 2021 game, we all remember the catch he had right at the one yard line to set the offense up to score in the snow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is going back a little bit, but uh, in watching the Jeremy Gallon game, he actually came up short on a bigger game. Like he got tackled at the one like twice or something or once at the one and once at the 10. So like with CJ's, the stat line felt right for what he did, because obviously most of this is coming in those two big plays. But without those two big plays, where are we at? Because we could not establish the run. I think we went into the half with under 10 yards rushing at the half. So like needed it absolutely had to have it and you know just like haskins just like hutch just like edwards and quorum or not quorum uh unfortunately but like you you've cemented yourself as a legend in michigan when you have a performance like that against ohio state so you happy to get Don- him here you look at the donovan edwards touchdowns and you look at the gravity that cj is attracting when he's running that crossing route to clear the front side it's because of those catches like that is such an underestimated part of the game. Like maybe that corner sitting more on run and it doesn't break for 80 yards. So just the impact in the first half really had trickle down effect in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. A great point. You see too many Ohio state fans trashing uh, Cornelius's game that he had against them. You know what I mean? Like don't respect the man uh, breaking loose of those defenders there for a huge 160 yard game for cj man it's just uh ridiculous that anyone would try to take it away from him that's what you do when you live in ohio so yeah <laughs> that or meth <laughs> uh all right boys back to you you got back to backs here all right uh i'm gonna take the uh lone position that we have yet to pick and uh we're going db here and you can't talk about the DB position without mentioning, uh, and I hate to, to use too much recency bias, but Will Johnson's 2022 Big Ten Championship winning effort. That's right, Big Ten Championship winning effort. This kid turned into like Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter uh, in this most recent Big Ten Championship. Uh, two two interceptions, uh Two tackles, one for loss, securing a Big Ten championship. The guy was just all over the field, uh, all over the place, the entire game. So to me, again, I hate to be too heavy on the recency bias, but Will Johnson just putting together an amazing game at the defensive back position. So to us, that's, that's our top pick for that positional category. That's, it's, that's a really good choice. And we forget, too, that one of those, the more impressive one, snuffed out a drive. It was in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, tremendous ball. I mean, just the, the instincts on that you don't see from freshmen. Like, obviously, why we have such sky-high hopes for him this next season. But you could just see him coming on in that game. Like, you could just see the confidence, the swagger, and the fact that it's a teenager out there doing it, like – we've all been thirsting for a cornerback like this. Like we want the Charles Woodson experience and it feels like this is as close as we're going to get. And it's a great thing. Yeah, Matt, I'm really glad you pulled him off of the board. He was, he was obviously the next one that we had. The the thing that uh, is so special about this performance compared to all of the other ones on the list is this was in the postseason, right? And, and in this era that we're looking at this 10 year period of, of the Harbaugh era, unfortunately, 
uh, big performances in the postseason is is not something that we've seen a lot of. And so uh, while it wasn't a bowl game, it was the Big Ten championship. Uh, Will Johnson showing up like that in the championship game uh, outside of the regular season, to me, that just makes it a little bit bigger uh, th- than some of these other performances. Uh, Matt, wh- you want to go running back here or like we got to we got to do a little table talk here. Uh, so uh, this is where it's kind of falling apart. We got to receive. I could I could go receive. Let's go running back. Go running back. All right. I'm not even sure if if we're on the same page about which one to get. Here. I just <laughs> trust you. OK, well, then then here's the thing. I, I, I don't want to leave this podcast without mentioning this man's name. So we're going to go uh, with another recent performance. I'm going to snag Blake Corum, his 2022 Maryland performance. He had 30 carries, 243 yards and two touchdowns. And I just want to mention this was within a week or two of that UConn game where he had five touchdowns and a half. And so uh, Blake Corum was on fire. He was just carrying this team early in the season. And I think it's worth mentioning. So I'm glad we've got him now. Uh, that's our second running back. First. Right. Is that. Oh, wow. Yeah, we absolutely. Yeah. So we've got Corum. Yeah. we. I'm glad we went running back. I, I'm sitting here thinking we got Donovan in the bag. We, you know, okay. Corum's our first running back pick. Damn, they're uh, right. We didn't get a running back. They took both yeah. of our running backs uh, just in my my mind, I think I just felt like we had one of them because you guys took all of them. It's well, this fine. Michigan doesn't really have good running backs, man. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, this right. is a very plentiful group, and this is a great pick. I mean, it was the one of the ones very high on our board, and not to mention, I mean, it was the most rushing yards by a Michigan running back since 1990. Like, I wasn't born yet. Like, I know some of you might be alive at the time, very, very young in this. Like, it was an all-time performance, really carried the team. And I don't, th- I don't like, value it down like I do some of the Indiana performances we just discussed previously because the team needed it so much in this. Like, Jared was at the game. Vibes were off. Michigan always has the first Big Ten conference opener. They're just a little rusty, you know, bumping up from the intramural competition to the real teams. And you needed every bit of it. And Corum was just outstanding in this. Just, I mean, on rewatch, it's just like he's the best player on the field at all times by a mile. His ability to to run hard late in the game, like just such a testament to Ben Herbert and this strength and conditioning staff, like the ability to still be making those cuts, those hard cuts to be able to take defenders with you late in the game and really salt this one away. Absolutely had to have it. That was a great performance. Fortunate to see that one in person Uh, now. Um, so did we say at the beginning um, for linebackers and you guys can can actually like if you want to make a choice on this because um, we had put linebackers initially you could draft them in front seven or back seven but I, I don't know how to do you guys want to do it that way just to keep it because there's not a lot of linebacker performances that whichever might make it a way, little bit easier whichever way is uh, least convenient for you guys so that's that's what I want to do uh it's really the same for us it does yeah it's not gonna really not gonna really matter what uh six one half dozen the other for us um but just because there's not a lot of linebacker performances so we wanted to like you know we wanted to be able to get in there especially because there's some Mike Barrett might take issue with that comment <laughs> especially All the three, three of them, them in the back <laughs> three, three of them chained up in the back <laughs> 
Um, all right. Well, we can at least take one here. Uh, so go ahead with that first one that we agreed upon, Andy. Am I good to go ahead and make that um, second pick, the offensive one that we said? We can't, that's wait, looking a little tasty? Th- yeah, yeah, we can do that one. Oh, did we take CJ with our last pick? We did, yeah. So we have to go to the defender first. Oh, okay. So we'll go with the defender first. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, if we can do it, we're going to take the the Devin Bush uh, Michigan State game. This is now like, where would you guys put this if you were drafting? Would you put this more front, like in the front, or would you put it in the back? I'd probably put it closer to the back, but I mean, make your case. That's, I mean, that, that's fine either way. I'm saying Devin Bush, I mean, did most of his damage on the other line of scrimmage, on the other side of the line of scrimmage, would be my case for him to be in considered on the defensive line kind of part of this. Okay. I mean, Ooh, we don't wow. have to take this one too. Yeah. All right. That's fine. And this one, like the, the stats don't really jump off of the page, but this is just an all time vibes pick. Like we remember what it meant. We were chatting uh, with one of the guys that's uh, in charge of the, the podcast network that we're on. He's a Steelers fan. We were talking about Devin Bush and he was like, yeah, then I went back and I watched the whole tearing up of the field thing. I wasn't a fan of that. And I was like, oh, we love that. Inject <laughs> that directly into our veins, concentrate it down on a spoon over an open flame and then stick it into my veins. I love it. I love the pettiness. I love how he was all over the field in that one, just howling like a banshee. Um, I, he was my favorite player for a long period of time. He is not anymore. Um, you know, some of those tweets about, uh, cats being in peril really kind of <laughs> took him down, took him down a few pegs for me, but, uh, on the field back in, in this day and age, uh, he was a, a blast to watch, man. So happy to have that one, another rivalry game. And we needed that win. Yeah, I mean, you forget where the team was coming post-2017 monsoon game. Like, I mean, how bad everything was, the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. And this is a game where it's like, if you just read the stat line, you're not going to think he had an impact. But when you watch the pregame, you understand they held the Michigan State offense to 94 yards. The only reason Michigan State even scored is because Chris Evans fumbled on the 10-yard line. Like, it was just a complete, one of the most complete dominant Michigan defensive performances I've seen in the last five years. And had to have it, man. First team all vibes. We needed this one. And uh, I actually, I, I love the pick, honestly, because I just love the whole energy that he brought to that game. Uh, you know, I mean, he basically embodied it. Uh, he was everything that, I, it was almost as if, like, uh, the rivalry was just channeled entirely through Devin Bush for that game. So I love the pick. We've got a couple like that as well that aren't necessarily uh, – uh, jumping off the stat sheet at you, but we've got a couple picks like that as well. So I'm, uh, I like that pick, Mike. What, oh, we, what, we got our, we got our second pick here. Oh, we got our back to back. Oh, See, you're right, you're right. Matt trying bad. to do pull pulling us on you, like we're switching <laughs> it up here. I can't be doing that. You're okay. right. Okay. Uh, do we, your worst. We got to dip back into the receiver well on this one. I like, couldn't do it with that pick per the rules, but we have to do it. It's the the standout of this. And taking a page out of your guys' book with a good draft strategy, we need to pair our quarterback up with his number one receiver from that game. We're going with J.U. Chesson versus Indiana. Ten catches, 207 yards, and four touchdowns. Ooh, I like it. Now. That was literally the next guy up on our list to pick. So that I think you have officially uh, stolen two or three from us now. But that was that was literally the next one up for us. This it pleases was, me. <laughs> I, it, 
it had to be the one that it's like Jared and I had drafted against each other so much. We would text each other during draft week and I would just like send him misinformation just to like throw him off the path. I'd be like, Jared, have you checked out this game right now? And it's like, I feel like we've been doing a little bit of that back and forth, like just listening to each other's pods and getting to know each other, like how we sniped Hassan from Matt. It's like always the, the signals in there. So we know just when to, to snipe you and get a player right when you want him. We call this gamesmanship or spycraft. <laughs> I hate it. You couldn't have uh, picked a big, a bigger game to uh, to do it. Ju Chesson absolutely crushed it. I mean, he was like uh, uh, everything for Jake Rudock in that game. So uh, excellent pick for for you guys. I'm actually I'm gonna have to go wide receiver. I think Mike and uh, do it. I know and, where you're going. Do it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the MSU rivalry, 2016. Amara Darbo, our boy didn't get in the end zone this game, but just so critical to what how the offense looked during that game. 165 yards, I believe it was. Um, Hold on, let me see. Yep, 165 yards, eight catches. Uh, just did everything for the Wolverines uh, offensively during that game. So we're going Darbo for our, our next wide receiver pick. Rivalry win. Uh, didn't get in the end zone, but still just came up so big. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, that one-armed catch he had while, uh, while that uh, DB was bringing him down, but caught the ball with one arm. Most badass catch I've ever seen, so... Darbo's our uh, our next pick at wide receiver. I was gonna say, Matt, you're gonna have to be more specific about your Amara Darbo one-handed catches. I've seen uh, seen quite a few, and no man, uh, I I love this pick. I mean, completely just like a very gamesmanship kind of. You had to watch the game to understand the impact type of pick. And he and Spate had what he and Rudock never did. Like they had the connection. Like Rudock and Chesson were had a good connection, and then it was carried over with Spate and Darbo. And you saw it with the game winner against Wisconsin that year in that bloodbath game. And you saw it here. I mean, they were just force feeding him the ball because he was so reliable. He was like uh, uh, Anquan Bolden light at times is what he felt like the way he played the position. And no, I love this pick. That's a great one. Yeah, that one is the first one that we've discussed that we didn't even have on our list here. So you went yeah, off that's our a board good pick. for that one, and it's a really good pick because I kind of forgot about that one because it doesn't pop when you're scrolling through the numbers. I mean, it, it's a big game, no doubt about it, but without the touchdowns, I'm going to take the four touchdowns that J.U. Chesson had against Indiana, albeit in a much less important game. <laughs> going with the rivalry going with the rivalry game's a good strategy there. I, I like that pick a lot. And I'm kind of uh, glad that you guys uh, stole Cornelius Johnson and J.U. Cheston because I didn't think we were going to get to Amara Darbo. I actually thought he was like, I, I think, fourth he on, was on the bubble. wide receiver performances. So I'm actually kind of glad y'all, you guys snuck a few in on us because Darbo deserves to be mentioned. Yes, he. we had a few other receivers on there as well, like Nico Collins against Indiana in yeah. uh, 2019 was the game. He had six catches for a buck 65 and three touchdowns. 
also had a good showing against Michigan State. I mean, there's just there's several receivers up there you want to mention and touch on. It's like you're looking for the the, the impactful games. It was really hard to find the tight end impactful games because the numbers aren't going to be there. But you think back to like Jake Butt against Utah. Like he's the only reason we're even competitive yeah. in that game, all biting a loss. Like Jake Butt kept us in that game. And you look at, I mean, Eric All at Indiana, or you look at what the tight ends do blocking more recently. Like I almost wanted to throw a Max Bredesen pick in there just because I love the way he runs the H-back position so well. But uh, the receiver position, like Wild hasn't had like the stars that a lot of other programs have in this most recent 10 years. It's got so many memorable names and performances, especially at the college level, even if it never uh, matriculated to the NFL. Well, yeah, Andy, I think don't go ahead. Go ahead. Andy, don't forget about Eric all against Penn State. Either. Oh, yeah. You could you could actually make a case that that play maybe saved me. Michigan football, so to speak, right? Because yep. without that play, 2021 Michigan looks very different. We could be in, we could be looking at a, a very different situation for Michigan currently. I might have that in the back pocket for the wild card, Michael. I mean, don't let me say draft's not over yet. But like that one, I mean, you could you could make a case for Eric All Ohio State 2021. I mean, the guy fathered a child that evening. Like, what more do you need to be drafted? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm screaming. Yeah, I think statistically the best tight end game actually came from Zach Gentry, though, on this list. He had the but it wasn't like a, a huge game or anything like that. Nobody thinks back and like sits their kids on their lap 30 years from now. And it's like, let me tell you about Zach Gentry on this, <laughs> this, this cold autumn day. Like, yeah, that's just not one we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, uh, a bummer that no tight ends get drafted here. But I think that's just kind of the nature of things. I could see that changing, though. I mean, we're really high in the tight ends this year. And it's not that we're like lukewarm or colder on the wide receivers. I just think they're going to be used more often. We have a star for sure at tight end. So uh, my guess would be against Indiana, being as how so many of these <laughs> games come against the Indiana Hoosiers. I'm predicting Colston Loveland has a monster against Indiana. Um, all right, boys, it is to us. Andy, what are we thinking here? We've uh, The world is kind of our oyster here. We can do a lot of different stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm going to let you go with your heart man there's a lot a lot of meat on the bone here like looking around at all these performances oh man Jared. all the pressure's on me okay let's see i think i'm gonna dig in here like because we don't have one yet like i, I want to get one off the board like you guys got on the side early i think we need like Oh, damn, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can do it. Yeah, true pass rusher performance. So we went receiver second last time to break it up. I want a pass rusher performance here. And, like, there's a couple here I can go around to. But, like, the one that jumps off to me is kind of like – it wasn't like an I'm him kind of game, but it was a statement game of, like, oh, shit, like he's going to have a huge season. And that is David Ojabo 2021 against Wisconsin. David Ojabo finished that game with seven tackles, two and a half TFLs, two and a half sacks, and one four on my list. And that was the one where it was like, oh man, like we have, we have something here. I mean, the first road game of the season, the first road big 10 game of the season hadn't won in Madison since George Bush was president. Like we needed everything we could get. And Ojabo was fantastic in this game. Really a nice coming out party for him. I'm so glad that you, uh, you mentioned that game because uh, I just remember all 2021, everyone was so high on the, uh, the Hutch bandwagon, which I mean, understandably so but very early on like i was singing the praises of uh, of ojabo like we've got a stud here on the other side and this ojabo guy with his fucking spin move and his strip sacks and 
Uh, I mean, he was just a freak early on, you know, that, and a lot of people weren't picking up on it right away. So that Wisconsin game really solidified that we had a dog on one side and a dog on the other. So I love that pick. It was also so much fun to have both of those guys at the peak of their powers, because like you mentioned, Ojabo came on a little bit later, but when they were both peaking, it was like, oh, enjoy your afternoon quarterbacks. Like that's going to be uh, that is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, Ojabo had one, count it, one career tackle coming into that game. Not sack, tackle coming into that season, excuse me. And it was just unbelievable the strides he took. And that's always like one of the hardest things when you're evaluating pass rushers in the offseason is like, can somebody else make make half the Ojabo leap? Like projecting Derek Moore forward now, like it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Like you just see all of that. And David Ojabo is just the outlier of outliers. And this was the game I always remember, like even when the offense was sputtering, like it tended to do in 2021, like Ojabo was just not having anything to do with it. And Andy, I'm really glad you picked that because that, that was the jump around game. Right. And so that, yes, you know, that, that's when we knew, we knew that we were different. onto something special, right? Like we, like that, that was different than any Michigan atmosphere we had seen. We went into Madison, we we stole their home, we showed them up, and then we left, kind of like Matt and I are doing to you guys right now, actually. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it. And then know. they danced. No. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I knew he'd bring it all the way around. But yeah, man, the jump around moment. I mean, I can't believe I even forgot about that. Like, just, that's when you really understood this team is just built different. Like, not to be too mm -hmm. cliche about it, but it was like, okay, there's something else going on with this culture here that's changed. I like that you brought up the jump around moment too, because, you know, we're, we're getting a couple of those vibes performances. We're getting to that point in the draft where some of these are like, you remember, you remember when, and uh, <laughs> I'm happy to go back and, and get some member berries going and just talk about that because that moment did signify something. We talked about it on our podcast. I'm sure you guys, you know, we're, we're talking about it. Were you podcasting back when that went? Okay. Yeah. You were already. No, no, yeah, no, we were, weren't actually. We, we came in October, yeah, okay. October of that year. So you could say that we, our podcast was born of oh, wow. that moment right around that time. I, yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's tremendous. Glad to have that one on there. Uh, this next one's kind of easy for me. I get another legendary performance here. The probably the one that's freshest in everybody's mind. Uh, the last, uh, you know, major win that we had outside of the Big Ten Championship. But against our hated rival, the, the play of the season, I want that on my roster. Give me Mikey Sainra still last year. This is going to round out our back seven here. 2022 Mikey Sainra still seven tackles, two pass breakups. Once again, not really jumping off the page, although seven tackles for a cornerback is certainly high. Uh, but the pass breakup on Cade Stover, the recovery speed. And then once again, when we're talking vibes, the halftime speech. The halftime speech, man, by St. Rastill, and then he comes out, and he flashes on the tape, especially after the speech. So to go out there and talk about it and be about it, St. Rastill's an absolute dog, rocking the number zero, team leader, you know, just got more swagger than, I don't know, maybe three six mafia ever did at the peak of their powers like this is just an all-time swagger guy so happy to have mike sainra still here and what was it that he was screaming across the field in the second half it was like they are who we thought they were like this, this is who yep. we knew they were or something like sainra still was just leading the charge on the defensive side of the ball excellent pick bruce feldman had some really good anecdotes about that as well talking about like the team was composed the whole time saying you're still leading the charge like we know we're going to break them 
Like we know we're going to break them and just kept reiterating that to the team. And again, Jerry, like you said, like just led the way and like certain, like even moments that don't pop as much, like certain tackles, like things like that you take for granted, how well all the defensive backs tackle, but senior still, I mean, he had a pass breakup on a Buka, his first one that goes a little under the radar, but is equally as important as the Cade Stover one was just tr tremendous body placement not to get a pi on that call and then of course i mean the play of the year the pass break up on kate sober i mean you're gonna see a statue of that one day i'm gonna build it or at least commission the building of it <laughs> um all right boys it is back to you we are in the uh the waning moments of this one here all right now are these our final two picks do i have my numbers right here um no, no you guys have like... these two and two more yep, okay still going okay well, Matt, I'm going to pass up a, this running back. I'm going to let you pick the running back if, because I feel like you were a little more tuned into to, to picking him. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to go defensive back. We're going to go ahead and round out, get our second defensive back. We've got Will Johnson from uh, the Big Ten championship game, uh, if, and you know we mentioned Eric All. His name might come up again in you know in, in a little bit. It's just those those singular plays that you think about the decade that we're discussing. And there are certain plays that just have to be discussed. And to me, Jordan Lewis against Wisconsin has to be something that's mentioned, right? He, he, yeah. and, and Matt was even arguing with me before the pod, like technically he should have batted the ball down. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't care. I, you know, I don't care. He literally looked like Robin Williams and flubber with how, how much height he got. You know what I mean? And I promise you guys, I'm done with my obscure movie references. Why? It's just not a podcast until you bring up Flubber. You know what I mean? No, no, your but, movie. Uh, I want a whole segment just of your movie references. That was tremendous. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. But Jordan Lewis, I mean, he is that dude, All-American season. And I think that was the iconic moment of that All-American season. Um, there were some other really great games. I know I know, Matt had a couple that he had, he had thrown in the ring too. But I just – I really wanted to get Jordan Lewis – some love here this well talk? i that's that that's a really good reference but i actually think that it's a little bit closer to the 1999 movie kangaroo jack and let me explain why <laughs> <laughs> that, that, sorry, is, that, that is such a tremendous pick i mean because like uh, people forget that like in 2016 jordan lewis was banged up at the beginning of the year he didn't play a full season like he'd miss like the large part of the first early games and this was a big moment for him like i mean i was at this game and they very physical very low scoring so you needed everything you could get from lewis in this and again man like you can bat it down or you can make history and make a one-handed interception and trust your offense to get their ass off the one yard line it's fine either way but um you talked about his other performances the only performance we had on our list that happened in a loss was Jordan Lewis, and it was the 2015 game against Michigan State because he had seven tackles and a career-high and Michigan record-tying performance of six pass breakups in that game. And we all try to forget what happened at the end, but Jordan Lewis's greatness needs to be appreciated in spite of that. Freaking love Jordan Lewis, man. He was my favorite defensive back until Will Johnson, first of his name, came around. And now he's, I don't really know. It's really tight for me, but I'm guessing after like the first Will Johnson interception, I'm just going to be shedding my Lewis jersey, getting right on M. Den and getting my Johnson jersey in the mail. So, uh, all right, boys, you got another one here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we just couldn't not mention Jordan Lewis, right? He's got a lot of great games, probably none that like, standalone statistically as like uh like the best statistical games from uh from a defensive back but you know overall you got to have him on the list 
I'm going running back where Mike said I was going, and I'm going Karan Higdon, 2017 versus Minnesota. Uh, our boy had 16 carries for 200 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Higdon was was a big part of the offense during that period of time, and uh, just had to have him on the list in some capacity. You guys got all of our other running back performances. So Higdon's hanging right around there uh, on the bubble, rushing for 200 yards. So uh, we've got Higdon taking up that spot. This is great, man. Again, this is the Cleek Hudson game. Chris Evans also had over 100 in this game. I mean, in the rain afterwards, like this was the performance that was just, I mean, it was awesome to watch. I mean, just asserting your will. Michigan has had Minnesota's number, really. I mean, ever since the goal line stand, most of the games haven't even been close. Like Joe Milton diced up this defense, and Karan Higdon then paved the way here. I was surprised, though, Matt, knowing you, you didn't go Hassan Haskins versus Notre Dame here. That was my thought, too. That was a monster game. Ah, I kind of overlooked Hassan there. That's, your son? Uh, your own son, Hassan? <laughs> you know, Boy, I Eric almost... Uh, yeah, I kind of let that one slip a little bit. But, uh, damn. That was... now, I'm, now I'm stuck with Higdon as the redheaded <laughs> stepchild. Hey, it was a 200-yard performance, man. Don't let, don't let them shame you. Don't let them shame you. Okay, we we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take Hassan. I mean, uh, Karan. We're good. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Hassan will forgive me. Yeah, I mean, you didn't draft like Ty Isaac versus Central Florida or something. I'd be like, we can't invite these guys back. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Shit. Oh no, that's, that is a good pick though. I mean, I loved Karan Higdon, man. Like we were really, really starving for like a quality running back. It was just kind of dicey there. Although I went back and watched uh, some, some older stuff. And at one point it was Derek green, Ty Isaac and uh, Thomas Rawls. And I was like, man, remember Thomas Rawls? Remember that guy? Yeah. That guy was like, ended up being awesome, and we just didn't use him. And I was like, that's actually not a bad running back group there we had. But well, yeah. I mean, you, you look at the 2020 room of Corum, Haskins, Charbonnet, and Chris Evans. It's like, are you kidding me? And it's like the team sucked that much. So, I mean, it just speaks to how important your culture is. Um, the other uh, running back name on our list for this draft was, uh, it's, it's kind of a, Kind of a running back one, but it was Donovan Edwards against Maryland in 2021 with his receiving performance in that game. The 10 catches for a buck 70 and one touchdown. Ooh. It's hard to find many receivers putting up those numbers. Yeah, yep, that was a uh, beautiful honorable mention there. That's a good one. And the singular play from the running back position that sticks out to me, and I, I can't remember his stat line, but but Davion Smith, when he went full beast mode, Sean Lynch. BYU. I was at Oh, that, that was the BYU game. Mm -hmm. That's the one you mentioned at the beginning of the pod. Yeah. I mean, that was a really memorable play. That yeah. I mean, that yeah. play just signified kind of who he was. And I mean, with like mm -hmm. Haskins, you could pick the hurdle or you could pick like the fourth down, like huddle or the, the huddle pushes you would always have. I mean, I'm just kind of rub the salt in Matt's wound for not drafting him. I mean, just there's <laughs> so many memorable plays for each guy. But that Davion Smith one, like, oh, and like mostly kind of a forgettable, like three yards every run kind of career. That BYU play I've watched a thousand times and i still don't understand how he gets out and scores makes no sense he divided by zero and just ended up on the <laughs> other side of the field um yeah looking back at some of the davion smith games though a lot of uh 12 carries for 34 yards 14 carries for 46 like it was a little dicey like i, I love davion smith and like the the toughness with which he ran but 
no one's going to confuse him for Blake Corum. Um, all right. It is to us here. We have yet to fill out. What do we got open? We need wild card quarterback. quarterback. Wild card and quarterback. Easy enough. Um, so we've got this in the bag. We know what we're doing here, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, do you want to make uh, make whichever one you want? I'll make the other one. I know both of these performances well. Uh, I'm going to uh, go back in the quarterback well here. And we were weighing two options. And with it being our last pick and kind of talk you through like what we were thinking here. And the two were, it was uh, Shea Patterson versus Michigan State. The uh, 24 for 33, 384, four touchdowns, most passing yards ever against Michigan State. Like, I mean, I've been, I'm pretty much a bit the most well known Shea Patterson detractor alive, at least working today. But like, I still have to put respect where respect is due. And he was phenomenal in this game and what they did. Uh, but the one I'm going to go with here is a performance that not many quarterbacks could have pulled off. Like, and because of the rarity of it, it really just raises for me in terms of like just being memorable and being historic. And that is JJ McCarthy last season against Ohio state. Like the numbers aren't going to blow you away. The 50% completion percentage, but two sixty-three, four total touchdowns. And Jared and I had a fun ongoing debate last season about like, if you just switch them out, Cade McNamara for JJ McCarthy, you win the first 11 games on your schedule. But without J.J. McCarthy in the last game, Michigan would have lost that game. Facts. That's all I, I love it. I love it. I don't know. Uh, I don't need the flashy stats for that pick. You know, all I need is J.J. McCarthy and uh, I'm good. So <laughs> also win over Ohio State, the ultimate stat you can have. So that's all I need. Excellent pick. It was. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry, Michael. Oh, I just was. I was going to say, I think the play that epitomized that performance was the grit uh, when he was running uh, along the sideline and about yep. three or four guy linebackers and defensive backs were trying to bring him down. And keep in mind, JJ's not that big of a dude, but it just represented him as a leader of this team that we were, we were going to be tougher than them. And so, yes, he had the throwing touchdowns. Yes, he had the, I think, the singular rushing mm-hmm. touchdown in that game. But that play to me just let everybody in Columbus know that, that we were about our business from, from our quarterback position all the way down. You talk about the leadership on that play too. I mean, don't forget afterwards, CJ Stokes kind of getting into it with an Ohio State player and JJ pulling him away. Like, nope, we don't need to screw this up. We don't need to have this kind of moment. And the only other JJ one, like I, I want to touch on here, I'd be remiss if I didn't. It's like, it's kind of like, an ultimate like I'm him flex game that's forgotten. And that's his performance against Hawaii, 11 of 12, 229 and three touchdowns. He was so good. Cade McNamara moved to the middle of the country to get away from him. That's how dominant he was in that performance. And I just had to touch on that once. He moved to Iowa. Have you ever been there? It sucks. (laughs) A bunch of Casey's gas stations. That's it. I don't even know what their primary fast food is. I think it's a Bojangles. Something like that. Kind of looks like Mad Max, but worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It is surprising, though, that we're this deep into the quarterbacks and just now picking J.J., where I think if we went around the room here, we'd all take J.J. over Dad Rudock and Devin Gardner if we could have one coming back next year. Is that Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, it uh, actually is interesting. That's something that I was thinking about while we were going through this exercise, how uh, how weird it is, you know, that uh, Michigan has this dynamic offense and it really has nothing to do with the skills of the quarterback is the the truth of it. Obviously, like take away from from JJ's uh, mobility and his ability to escape and things that 
he's able to do that a lot of other quarterbacks aren't. But take away from that, you know, this offense is just so dynamic just with the run game that uh, it, it doesn't make take away the need for J.J., but the offense is just so explosive regardless of how the quarterback play looks in general. It's kind of crazy. When he Before does a we lot move of the... on... Oh, no, please, Michael. Before we move on from the quarterback position, I, I just want to throw this out there and see if you guys agree with this. I would actually take J.J. McCarthy over any quarterback in Michigan history. I was going to take a single quarterback. Now, granted, keep in mind, we haven't seen uh, senior year J.J., True. Right. And so um, we, we got to see some other some. And, and I believe that J.J. is equipped to be the best quarterback that we've ever seen at Michigan. Whew, that is spicy. I mean, this is just adding more fuel to the flame that you lit when you were on our podcast. What was that a month and a half, two months ago? I mean, you're all in. I absolutely love it. I whew, I want to get there. I certainly want to get there. But if I could bring one quarterback next year, I'm probably taking Tom Brady. I might take Jim Harbaugh. There, like, there it is. Yes, I it's might, Harbaugh's I, the answer. Elvis, Elvis say. Gerbach. Elvis Gerbach was pretty good too. But to, to me, it's he like was. It's J, JJ's the guy. I mean, JJ is the guy. I think what we're going to see from him this upcoming season is going to be just absolutely generational. So uh, fingers crossed. I, I love that you're planting your flag on this because if you're right, you're going to be right so big and you're going to get all the credit you deserve. Like uh, for me, it's either going to be, I mean, just to be a nerd, it's either going to be Rick Leach from the 70s. Rick Leach, Leach absolute dog, one. absolute dog in all facets or Harbaugh. But I mean, I have a clip cut out like of, I think it's the Harbaugh, I think it's a Rose Bowl game, I believe, but it looks just like McCarthy. So it's like cut from the same fabric to all the same points you're making. And again, also to your credit, it's senior year Jim Harbaugh. We're just coming into junior year, JJ. If we have two more years, I think you're definitely going to get there with your point and be proven right. I completely agree. Give him two more years and he's going to really move his way up in the record books. And even if he doesn't get to the 37 touchdowns and 5,000 yards passing or whatever you predicted, uh, which I know you were kind of just like, you want to be right and you're taking a big swing. And I, admire that i think that you're uh you know you're one of our true patriots here on memorial day weekend but yeah i, I think with two years it's there's just no question about it and from a skill standpoint like arm talent and the ability to move out and throw on the run um the ability to be fairly accurate at most times i mean how long did he go into this season without turning the ball over you know, mm -hmm. at one point he was leading the nation deep into the season. He was leading college football as far as passing efficiency. So there's reason to believe this. Like it's not an unfounded, completely wild take whatsoever. So I really like that you're planning your flag as well. Um, okay. So that's going to do it for quarterbacks. We just have a wild card left. That's all we got. And I know, yeah, this is the one we're going to take. But there's a couple other ones here, and I don't want to give away what we got on our board because you could still snag one of these. But we're going to take Jake Moody against Illinois last year because if not, we lose that game. We lose that game with it, without Jake Moody. I want him represented on this team. Uh, there's a couple Moody performances you could pick. We even have a, a Quinn Nordine spattered here on our list. Andy was like, I will die before we pick <laughs> Quinn Nordine. So uh, we're not going to do that, but we are going to take Jake Moody against Illinois. Had to have it, like I said. Uh, we lose that game without him, and he went four for four. Just cool. I mean, it was windy as hell in that game, too, and just wasn't based whatsoever. So Jake the Make, Money Moody, want him on my team. That's going to round it out for us. 
Man, I feel emasculated that we didn't even talk about Jake Moody. I mean, it was like blasphemous. We uh, now I understand why you threw that wild card position in there. We we went straight to Jabril when we heard the word wild card. But uh, yeah, Smart of course, though. Jake Money Moody. Yeah, future Pro Football Hall of Famer Jake Moody. Absolutely. And that uh, that Illinois game is so huge. You know, we we all forget about it, but really. Everyone was like shitting their brains out during that game. <laughs> like it really seemed like uh, like the stars were aligning in all the wrong ways during that game up until the very last, up until all the very last seconds of Jake Moody's field goals during the game. So uh, excellent pick. Uh, what do we got? still you guys yeah before we go over you guys have defensive line or linebacker front seven ish and quarterback remaining uh a couple other wild cards before we flip back that jared and i had tossed back and forth uh thought about going a little obscure maybe going offensive line with going with somebody like olu olu versus penn state last year with that rushing performance or mason cole versus rutgers and can that mean that that live tv crucifixion in 2016 or going with the I mean, the greatest one-catch game in the history of college football, and that is Ronnie Bell versus Western Michigan in 2021. One catch, 76 yards, a touchdown, the, the punt return, and then the catch that didn't like, end up counting. But, like, that performance alone, like, we all saw what he was going to be that season and how special it still is to go back and rewatch. Standing out for the 49ers, too. Apparently, like, right he might is. be – might be a guy for him. So yeah, wanted to at least touch on him there, even though he didn't quite have the resume for this exercise to make it on there. Well, uh, one of my honorable mentions before we, we move on from that topic, I'm just going to throw the boy out there. Mike Barrett, uh, 2017 or no, not 2017, uh, 2020 has to be Minnesota then. Yes. The Minnesota game. Help me out. Yeah, I mean, he he had the ta- he had the sack, he had the forced fumble, the turned into the Donovan Jeter touchdown. I mean, the Jeter, was, yeah, the, the Jeter kick, touchdown, the yeah. kick return, the forced fumble, uh, and that heard. was that was my uh, secondary pick for the wild card position, just because, I mean, we could have thrown him in there in defense, but then you've got the kick return, just so many uh, areas of the game that he impacted during that. So we want Barrett's full impact on that game so we had him on there as a possible wild card Uh, another performance uh that went unmentioned was uh david long and the rest of the i'm gonna lump them in kind of the rest of the michigan secondary uh that same msu game that we were talking about uh 20 what was it 18 28 28, 28 where we got uh, yeah, yeah where we allowed 64 yards to uh to Lewerke. just excellent excellent pass defense uh i had that the whole michigan secondary lumped in as kind of a uh cheat pick there just because obviously it's not one guy but you've just got so many members of the team you know also it was a uh we hadn't won against a ranked opponent on the road in God knows how long. Michigan State, they were lower down there, like in 22nd, I think, or 24th. Yeah. But nonetheless, it was still a ranked win on the road, allowing next to no yards through the air. So that was another uh, kind of cheap, cheap pick that I had in the tank. 
that would have been a great pick. I mean, you could have lumped in the whole revenge tour for all we care, just that stretch of Wisconsin and Penn State. And you're talking about your boy, Michael Barrett. It's hard to like narrow down some of his greatest plays because I've never seen like a third linebacker have a hit reel like he does. I mean, you have the Minnesota game. You have the throwback pass against Maryland in 2021. You have the two interception game against Rutgers in 2022. I mean, all this guy does is make highlights at certain times when you least expect it, but when you most need him. So uh, I love that you're going to bring him up here and give him some love and especially giving love to the secondary for that 2018 run. Jared and I often reflect fondly on the 2015 shutout streak, the three straight games of not allowing a point. And that was just such a fun ride with that defense. And we saw what they would become in 2016 as well. Awesome. Yeah, hard, I love to, it. hard to, hard to get one guy from those, like both those stretches mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So I think that's probably why they didn't bubble up to the top here. Um, but you could have done it. And on this podcast, I think it'd be well received because we all remember like what it meant and, and how good David long really was like nobody threw at him for a long period of time in Ann Arbor. Absolutely. Mike, what are, uh, what are you thinking here? We got defensive line and a QB position. I'm going to let you do the honors and uh, go first. Well, then I'm going to give you the QB. I'm going to take the D line. I, I think what we're we're going to go with, Matt, um, and I, I hope you're cool with this. I can't imagine you're not cool with this, actually. This is a little bit of a cheat code on the D line that, that you just left us with. Oh. We've already got Aiden Hutchinson, uh, 2021 Ohio State. So let's go ahead and take Aiden Hutchinson, 2021 Penn State. <laughs> And now we're just now our D line is just almost unstoppable here. I feel like so he uh, he uh, it was his other three sack game, um, just absolutely dominant, monumental performance against a, a, a premier rival. Um, he is our Lord and Savior, Aiden Hutchinson, and we've got him now twice. And uh, before I pass the mic to you, Matt, on. Um, well, never mind. I'll bring that up here in a second. Go, go for it. Let's 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 hear the quarterback. So for our quarterback uh, position, we saved it for last just because I knew that you guys weren't going to pick it. Um, it is not a winning performance, but a respectable historical performance nonetheless. Don't you do it from our boy Devin Gardner oh, okay. against Ohio State. Uh, just still, you know, I have the utmost respect just as a fan of the, the football team, a fan of the program for this performance. Obviously, nobody expected Michigan to come within a hair close to winning that game. Um, Devin Gardner, just uh, an absolute beast in general during the game, did so on did so injured. Uh, also displayed tremendous sportsmanship over the course of that game. Uh, so for me, I just respect him and that performance above most most things when I just look at the Michigan program as a whole. I'll take Devin Gardner in that game as our backup quarterback nine out of ten times. So we're going Gardner uh, versus Ohio State. I love that pick. That game was tremendous and really just like made you feel like the rivalry was in such a healthy place after the win in 2011. And then coming back two years later to be right down to the wire with the two point conversion. And you understand how difficult it was to convert because of his health status. Matt, I was so nervous. You were just going to like have the cojones to come on here and be like Cade McNamara, Michigan state. I was going to just turn my laptop off. I was so nervous. You were going to do that. Oh, never. Absolutely. not. (laughs) So, Andy, that's what I was going to bring up, actually, was not Cade McNamara at Michigan 
state, but I st- my wheels started turning about loot per- performances and a loss. And the guy that really got robbed of being on this list is Andrell Anthony, right? Yes. Andrell Anthony had probably one of the best receiving performances that we've ever seen at Michigan, but a couple bad calls and a couple weird situations uh, prevented us from winning that Michigan state game. Uh, but Andrell easily could have been on this list. Had that, had that game gone the other way. It's a great point. I mean, that was Andrell's game. Like I've been, you know, a detractor of his and certain things about what he does on the field, but like that game is undeniable. He was incredible in that performance. And just, it's why his name is just so familiar with anybody in the Michigan communities because of that one game. And you thought it was going to be, he deserved better for that performance than what he got in the end of it all. But man, that, God, you talk, that's the, I mean, that game, that game sucks. Like even worse than the Georgia and the TCs that going back and rewatching that game, it is just, it still pisses me off watching it to this day. It was a fumble. How do you over, I mean, how do you, you know, that was a fumble. There's no way around it. There's not in, now I'm mad. You got me mad at the end of the podcast. You brought it up. (laughs) You know who, uh, you know who we had like right competing at that position though? Is uh, is Shea Patterson against MSU? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had uh, Shea hanging out there at uh, right on the bubble yeah. of that second quarterback uh, tier, but can't can't go uh, go to bed without paying homage to Shea Patterson's one of his uh, great games there. I remember just the Michigan fan base thirsting for uh, a high output passing game uh, over that a couple year span. And uh, Shea Patterson was finally able to deliver that to us. So that one came right on time. But another great performance there from that guy. There was there was quite a few defensive performances left on the board here. And, I mean, you went great with Aiden. You can't go wrong with two Aiden Hutchinsons. By God, I would yeah, take that, I every, like that every day of the week. But, like, two other defensive lines, ones Jared and I had uh, gone back and rewatched, were 2017 Mohurst against Florida. I mean, it was Ooh. five tackles, one TFL, but I mean, he just destroyed that game. Destroyed the game. He completely was a complete game wrecker in that one. Devin Bush, that Florida yep. game. Same yep. game. Same, Same game. Yeah. Another one that was that was his. Uh, that was a big coming out party for him. I remember that was really oh, no, where no. he flashed that uh, that sideline to sideline. I mean, he was doing some exciting things in that one. There was yeah, also yeah, the, the Tariq Black game. <laughs> wow, remember him? <laughs> <laughs> Like there was, I mean, 2019 Josh Uche versus Illinois had five tackles, five TFLs and three sacks. I mean, it's very much a forgotten game because it was Illinois and it was so down, but like Uche was just really coming into his own. And it's like, we couldn't found more snaps for this guy. Like don't got any more snaps for him. So it was one of those type of games and uh, other defensive ones to run through real quick. Uh, DJ Turner versus Ohio state in 2021, eight tackles, two PBUs, just really asserting himself against that potent passing offense. Uh, 2014, Jake Ryan against Indiana. 2016, Mike McCray versus Hawaii. And then the one wild card we, we really thought about going after was uh, Jabril Peppers versus Colorado in 2016 because it was nine tackles, three TFLs, one sack, one punt return touchdown, almost two, 99 punt return yards, and two kick returns that averaged 41 yards apiece. He was all over. I was at that. I was at that game, and I'm a CU alum. I've never been more conflicted in my entire life than being at that game because I was surrounded <laughs> by CU alums wearing my Michigan gear with a Colorado hat and just cheering at 
whatever happened on the field, just like an <laughs> idiot clapping at bright lights. But it was so entertaining. Jabril Peppers, man. So glad I got to see him up in person. Um, all right, let's run through what everybody got here. And we're going to put this up. We'll put the full list up. We're going to put this to a vote. And that's going to be the, the, the bragging rights will be decided by the votes. So uh, I'm sure you guys will use your Twitter presence and try and game these results. Uh, but that is your that is your right as Americans and Patriots. So at the quarterback position, uh, myself and Andrew Bailey, my hetero life mate, got 2015 Dad Rudock. Uh, that performance is going to be versus Indiana. That was the 440 yarder, 504 yards of total offense, six touchdowns. And we also got 2022 JJ versus Ohio State. Shouldn't need to go back over that. That one's in everybody's mind. Uh, Matt and Michael, you took back-to-back gardeners. This is a bit of a surprise here. So I wanted to pause for a moment and let you explain your, your double gardener position here, which I don't necessarily disagree with. One of them being in a loss, but extremely, extremely tough, just gritty performance, even though it wasn't a loss. So I don't hate it, but I want to give you guys a moment to ruminate on this. Well, it's just jaw-dropping uh, statistical, uh, you know, masterpieces from from Devin Gardner, and I think what stands out the most is these came at, during a time when, like, Michigan is notoriously not a statistical passing school, right? And so Devin Gardner, um, in this decade, I, I think he actually proved to be. You mentioned yourself. Jared, that if he was on a Harbaugh team, we might be remembering Devin Gardner very oh, yeah. differently. And so I, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad we got the 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 stacked up with double hutches and stacked up with d- double gardeners. We're kind of gaming the system over here. That's one way to look at it. We're gaming the system by getting two Devin Gardner. Look, I love Devin Gardner. <laughs> but I don't know if you're gaming the system. Just be like, we, we could have hired, we, we could we could have hired Pacino and De Niro. We got two Val Kilmers. <laughs> well, you're not gonna know what to do when Jake Rudock falls down and breaks his ankle, and Devin Gardner trots out there with his sportsmanship. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> sportsmanship vote didn't didn't factor in sportsmanship into this i'm not gonna lie uh andy you want to take us to our next position group yeah man next position we are the running back draft jared and i took with the first overall pick hassan haskins versus ohio state in 2021 double down with the rivalry here we took uh, donovan edwards in 2022 against ohio state and uh, matt and michael came back with 2021 blake quorum with the single biggest output by Michigan running back since 1990 against Maryland. And then in a surprise move, Matt did not go with Hassan Haskins against Notre Dame. He went with 2017 Karan Higdon, who went for over two bills against Minnesota in a rainy night game. I'm sorry, my son. <laughs> That's the right response. <laughs> that is the right response. If but you're listening. once again, I, <laughs> he does. He's an avid listener. I assume Uh, I have no problems with any of these picks. I'm surprised you didn't try and get a Haskins or maybe double down with Coram or find a way to sneak uh, Edwards on there. I thought maybe the Edwards versus Maryland might pique your interest, but got no problem getting Karan Higdon some love here. Uh, Let's move over to the pass catchers. No tight ends taken by either of us, but that's going to make sense, I guess, given the outputs here. Myself and Andy went with our first wide receiver pick, 2022 CJ versus OSU. The first wide receiver pick off the board was the 2013 Gallon versus Indiana pick by you guys, the absurd 370-yarder, which is just, if you ever really have nothing going on while you're eating your cereal in the morning, (laughs) go flip that one on. You're going to have a good time. I think the final was 63-47. Just preposterous. Uh, and then we got 2015 J. Hugh Chesson versus Indiana, which is a big statistic. 
statistical output, 207 yards, four touchdowns. And you went off our board with your second wide receiver pick to get 2016 Amara Darbo versus MSU, but I think a really good pick there. Uh, anything that you guys uh, wanted to touch on there? Anything that stands out? I don't think so. I mean, uh, like you guys said, I I was uh, bummed that you guys got Chesson, but glad that we were able to find a way to fit Darbo in there because didn't get in the end zone, but still just a legendary rivalry uh, performance. Classic, great Michigan wide receiver performance against a rival. So definitely fitting for it to be on there somewhere. It's it's really surprising we've gotten this far in the podcast with drafting players and receivers, and we didn't talk about Donovan Peoples Jones. Like, yeah, name never, Michigan State. Name ne- name never came up once against Michigan State. You could take it in the wild card against Nebraska with the most unnecessary spin move in Michigan history, where he spun Ooh. the air. Jared and I were there for that one, but he's spun in the air for no reason. Um, yeah, a few DPJ games in there and performances that really stand out as well. Um, next category, keeping it moving, uh, went to the defensive line, pass rushing, linebackers, a little murky defense. We're on the defense now. Uh, Jared and I took 2018 Devin Bush against Michigan State, and we came back with 2021 David Ojabo versus Wisconsin, his coming out party. And then on the other side, you two took uh, double hutch on this one, which is never a bad thing to do. You took the iconic 2021, this kid's unreal, Aiden Hutchinson versus Ohio State. And you went two weeks prior and took 2021, Aiden Hutchinson versus Penn State, his first three-sack game to really put him in position to break the single-season Michigan sack record. This is my favorite draft category that you guys had here. There is no problems whatsoever going back-to-back hutch. I'm a little mad now that we went – Bush over getting a Hutchinson in there uh, just because, but I, you know, at the time it was great and I did love Devin Bush. So I don't want to like go back and rewrite my history and how much that game meant. But now like I just, prefer Aiden Hutchinson to Devin Bush. He in- I'll just trade, because yeah, Devin Bush denies the teapot dome scandal doesn't mean he wasn't a good linebacker. Okay. I'll trade you Higdon. <laughs> Doing some trades here. I got a Hassan over here in Notre Dame. If you like a trade. Give me one of them Hassans and maybe we can talk. <laughs> we're just by the end of this, we're just straight up gambling with money. Just like, all right, I've got $35 on Corum versus Indiana. If so, you get, you get Haskins for Higdon. Um, all right. So moving on from uh, that, from defensive line, we went into the back seven. We went very early on in this one. One that we really felt like we wanted to get was the 2017 Kalee Hudson versus Minnesota. This is one that I go back on a lot because I was a huge Kalee Hudson fan. And it's definitely an I'm him performance. Now, Kalee Hudson, you could debate whether or not he was, in fact, him. But Klee Hudson was really awesome at that Viper position, man. He was made for that, and he acquitted himself well. He never missed time. He was an absolute dog out there. This was his best game, and it stands so far above any other performance statistically. We're big fans of watching for the drop-off, so that's why we had that position really high. And then we went back to the uh, the rivalry well and got 2022 Mikey Sainra still. Not much needs to be said about that one. That hasn't already been said. Uh, you guys got uh, 2022 Will Johnson versus Purdue. Tremendous performance. Once again, that should be fresh in everyone's mind. And then you got maybe the best play uh, on this list by getting the 2016 Jordan Lewis interception versus Wisconsin. Uh, more about getting an iconic moment, but what I do remember about going back and rewatching that game is after the interception gets made, I think it was clad on the call, was like they've been smothering these wide receivers all night, and, and that was true in that game, is that Wisconsin could get nothing going through the air. So that was a really great Jordan Lewis performance. I'm glad you guys picked that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Channing Stripling also had two picks in that game. I mean, he may have yeah. been allergic to tackling, but the creep could get some interceptions from time to time. <laughs> and he had a pair in that one. Uh, of your picks in this one, I think your uh, Will Johnson one is probably my favorite because, to your point, Michael, it came in the postseason. And that's the only pick of any of these games that came in the postseason. There's something to be said about that. We yep. actually kicked around uh, potentially Rod Moore against Michigan State this last year. We Dude, were yes. we were, play, we were playing around with Rod Moore a little bit. We didn't know if if we, he was going to be draftable, but he if, if we would oh, yeah. have probably gone one pick deeper, we we would have thrown him in. The I had Rod Moore just all over my personal board for like his first Michigan game, leading the, co-leading the team in tackles. Mm-hmm. I had this game going here and like, oh man, just. All the Rod Moore love, like you're on the right pot. If you want to draft him at quarterback, I'll hear your argument and agree with you. <laughs> Next pod, we'll do a Rod Moore draft. Yes, I'm, I'm here for that. We can trade Ron's and uh, Rod Moore's and Hassan Haskins back and forth, Matt. There we go. We, uh, in Rod, we trust coming next week. Uh, Andy, you want to walk us through the next one? Yep. Last category, we had wild card here. Uh, you guys went early with this one. You got the Jabril Peppers performance against Michigan State in 2016. We knew a Jabril performance was coming, and the only way to really uh, appreciate him thoroughly enough was to do it in the wild card category because of his contributions on offense, on defense, and especially on special teams. He was tremendous in this game. And Jared and I went with uh, kind of a chalk one for us. Like, we're the Moody boys over here. We went with Jake the Make, Big Booty Moody against Illinois, four for four. His only career game winner at any level to keep Michigan undefeated last season. I mean, you could have gone with the other Moody's. His his debut went six for six. Could have gone Moody, Nebraska. But the Illinois game, man, just the back-to-back kicks to get the game within two and then kick the game winner. Like, just a tremendous performance by the best kicker in Michigan history. And what is it like if we lose that game, drop that to Illinois, Blake Corum's injured, and then we're going into the shoe? Like, I just think that there's a completely different vibe around the team. So the importance of the moment really wanted to make sure that that one was rewarded. Uh, what was your favorite pick that you guys made? And where do you think that maybe you you wish you would have gone a different direction, Matt? I know. I think I know this for Matt. Matt, tell us about Hassan Haskins. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I really just hate that I ended up with Karan Higdon, honestly, is my biggest regret of this whole night uh, is that is just the whole discrepancy of forgetting, really, that we didn't have a running back and that it wasn't Hassan Haskins up to the point that we did. So Hassan uh, Haskins versus Notre Dame is like Robin Williams in Flubber. Like Karan Higdon is like Robin Williams in Bicentennial Man. It's just not the same. (laughs) Doesn't have as much juice to it, you know? That would... uh, Adams. <laughs> that would have to be uh, my biggest regret. My favorite, I would have to name as uh, the Jeremy Gallon um, ridiculous game. And really, just because Gallon did so much work after the catch in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get you get a huge output from Gallon, but also him just doing so much with his legs to get that yardage output. So. Uh, just a, a master class by him. I couldn't be more grateful that uh, that we one of our picks contain a wide receiver that had almost 400 yards. So that's uh, probably my favorite on the night. Yeah, uh, Funchess really good in that game, too, upon rewatch. Funchess was crazy mm-hmm. good, man. Michael, uh, favorite pick and one that you regret. I mean, favorite is kind of predictable here. I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad we got two hutches. I think I think the double hutch 
is definitely uh, I, I feel good about that. But I think if I would have switched it up a little bit, I maybe would have given J.J. McCarthy a little bit closer of a look. You guys kind of threw me off with that because I wasn't immediately thinking J.J. McCarthy quarterback performances, but uh, maybe maybe we would have taken a closer look at that Hawaii game that that Andy referenced or maybe try, tried to steal Ohio State a little earlier. But, uh, I, I think I would have liked to have seen J.J. here as opposed to to two Devin Gardeners, but, but I'm happy with Devin. I'm happy. There was, there was so much left out there. One we didn't touch on. It's a quarterback and a receiver performance was Devin Gardner versus Notre Dame in 2013. And I was uh, there. Yeah. Jeremy Gallon stat line from that game, eight mm-hmm. catches for 184 and three touchdowns. Monster like, game. He was leading the Heisman race after that game. Yeah, like that was a huge game. So another performance on there. But um, no, if I had, to, if I were missing about one pick, it was what Jared was talking about. Like maybe overvaluing the vibes pick of Devin Bush. Not mad about it because I mean that is the singular moment that represents the revenge tour. But definitely feel like we should have gotten a Hutch in there just because of what he embodies on this team. Any game, like it could have been just like I believe it was the Colorado State when he just ran into the quarterback and knocked the ball down, or what he did to the left tackle from Washington was just mean. Ooh. Like several plays like that because uh, I mean you can't talk about Michigan football without Aiden Hutchinson. No, you really can't, nor would I want to. I think that he's probably at the top of most of our lists of favorite recent Michigan players. I mean, he's flirting with like Woodson discussion for me. So I would have liked to had him on there, but I'm not mad about this list. We're going to post it up. We're going to let the good people vote on this. I'm sure that these two rapscallions will do some Twitter engineering. Uh, They're going to DM Elon Musk to see what they can do. Uh, He'll probably be receptive to that. He's got nothing else going on, by what I can tell. Uh, but, gentlemen, tell us where we can hear your podcast. I mean, we know we're avid listeners, but uh, give the people your socials. Give them uh, your podcast. Give them your rundown. And then I want to talk about what the back end of this home and home is going to look like. Well, thank you guys again for having us. I mean, in all seriousness, I know we've been jarring back and forth, but it is uh, incredible to get with some fellow ball knowers, some diehard maize and blue bleeders like you guys are are gentlemen and scholars, and we we absolutely appreciate it. So thank you for having us on. Uh, your listeners can find us after they get done listening to the Out of the Blue podcast. Uh, go ahead and tune in to the Big House Bleachers podcast. You should be able to find that on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you want more, go ahead and check out WolverineChronicle.com or find find me on Twitter at WolverineCron. And Matt, you've got a few, uh, few tags for them as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. They can uh, follow me on my main Twitter handle, at Maze Crusader, or any of the great content that uh, that me and my colleagues here are putting out at Maze and Brew. That's at Maze and Brew or uh, at MazeandBrew.com. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah, Matt, I always forget that your beginnings are with us. You're kind of like in your own realm now, but uh, one of us, one of us. <laughs> absolutely, always, absolutely. Uh, Happy to be here. Man, no, we really, really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, you know, outside of the Jansen podcast, because, you know, that's like a must listen. You're the only other podcast, Michigan podcast I listen to. I don't like to dilute my takes 
with other people's takes, but you guys do really good stuff over there. So keep it up. Absolutely love that. Make sure you go check their podcast out. We will be coming on at some point. We leave this up to you and your schedule back end of a home and home. So uh, looking forward to whatever that activity might be. We, uh, we embrace it with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind as we do with all things Michigan gentlemen you are scholars with tremendous jawlines and uh, really good hygiene so you're always welcome here on this podcast that is going to do it for out of the blue make sure you like share subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether that's spotify apple music or wherever you can follow us on twitter at mason brew i'm jared that's andy matt and michael and we'd like to remind you that wherever you go go blue Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America.